Hello, this is Alina from Eric, the Children's Bowel and Bladder Charity. Welcome to the Eric Helpline podcast. Each episode, we talk through a common issue that parents and carers contact our helpline about, offering useful tips and practical advice to help you work through these problems. I'm here today with the Eric nurse, Brenda Cheer. Brenda is a very experienced paediatric specialist continence nurse and has helped countless children and their families over the years with tackling wee and poo problems. Good morning, Brenda. Hi, Alina. Nice to speak to you. Lovely to speak to you as well. So today what we're going to do is take um, an anonymised question that we've had into our helpline um, and put it to you and see what your, your answers back are. We thought that'd be a really useful way to try and help parents in this situation. Yeah, and that sounds good to me. Yeah, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it. My son has just turned six and has gone from being previously dry in the day to having wee accidents. To begin with, it was just happening at school and he'd come home with damp pants. But over the, fl- but over the last few weeks, he started to wet himself at home as well. I've taken him to our GP who ruled out a urinary tract infection and said he will grow out of it. But it seems to be getting worse, not better. I'm a bit worried that there might be something else going on. Should I be asking for a scan of his bladder to check everything is working properly? He drinks pretty well, doesn't wet the bed, but he will occasionally get a little bit constipated and has the odd poo accident. Please help as I'm not sure what to do. So over to you, Brenda. Wow. There's something that just jumped out at me straight away. And that was what the, the, um, the he uh, sometimes gets a bit constipated and he has the occasional poo accident. Well, having poo accidents is just shouting at me saying this, this little boy is, is constipated. You know, you don't actually have poo accidents until you're quite constipated so um, mum noting that he sometimes gets a bit constipated is saying to me that I think there's a bit more going on with the bowels than when the first meets the eye Um, and that that's got to be our starter Um, so so I think um, before doing anything else with this little boy's bladder the key thing there is to really assess the bowel lots of resources on on the Eric website go back to the GP his constipation needs to be sorted before we do anything else why is that we have to think about what why constipation affects the bladder so much if you think about the the, the little child's tummy there's only so much space in there so if a lot of space is occupied by a bowel that's full then the space where the bladder wants to expand and grow is just is just full of the full bowel so in that case the the full bowel is squashing into the bladder and what's happening there is it's uh, bumping into the bladder it's reducing the space so the little boy may have frequent small wheeze he get he'll have urgency and keep having to run to the toilet and he could get this daytime wetting that mum's describing so we've really got to rule constipation out first and until we've done that there's not actually any point thinking anything else but for the purposes of this podcast we will think about what's the next steps yeah so first step for with any child with any daytime bladder condition is really think about the bowel and think about ruling out constipation once we've done that the next thing to think about is, could there be any urine tract infection? And mum's already thought this, she's been to the GP and, and the GP said, no, there isn't any urine tract infection there at the moment. But we have to have that in the back of our minds that if the child's got a urinary tract infection, sometimes they're not really very ill with it. So we can miss it. Um, so sometimes all you can see when they've got a urinary tract infection is that they've got frequency or urgency, some daytime wetting. And when you come to think about it, they might have some a bit of smelly wee um, and a bit of cloudy wee. But some for some children, that's all you see. So we do need to think, um, is there a urinary tract infection, which we haven't yet diagnosed? Okay. It's, can I just stop you there, Brendan? Of course you can. Yeah. When you mention frequency, 
I suppose, you know, we all have different patterns of doing our wheeze and poos, but what, what does frequency actually mean for a child? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, because as nurses, we just use that word, but of course, what does it mean? Well, we should think about the fact that a school-aged child, we would expect to do to wee between about four and seven times a day. So if this little boy is weeing more than seven times a day, then we'd call that quite frequent weeing. Um, so it, 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 what we need to do is just to keep a track of how often he goes for a wee and probably best not mention to him that we're keeping a track because as soon as you know that somebody's counting how many times you do a wee then it really affects the, the you know how frequently you wee but we could ask him questions like when you're in class do you have to go out for a wee how often do you have to put your hand up and ask to go out for a wee or we could ask school to say is he often dashing to the toilet and that's going to give us an idea if he's weeing more frequently than a healthy bladder should Okay, that's really helpful. So I'm thinking of a car journey. Say if you were in the car for about an hour and a half, if a child had gone before you set off, you should expect that they'd comfortably not need to go again. But if your child within half an hour is saying, oh, I need a wee, that points yeah, at That's exactly, yeah. When, yeah. when I see children in clinic, that's that's often the, 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 first, the, the <laughs> analogy I use, actually. You know, yeah. did you get here? How did you get here today? How long was the journey? Did you manage it without being busting for a wee or you know did you did you have to stop on the way or as soon as you got into the clinic was the first thing you had to do run to the toilet or mm. are you just fine you know did you last go at home and are you just fine so yeah okay. there's really simple ways of, of looking at things brilliant okay so yeah you've talked there about um urinary tract infections and constipation but what else could be happening what else what other things you need to be looking at yeah, so the next thing to think about is drinking, because what we drink and how we drink, how we space out our drinks plays an enormous part in how the bladder behaves. Now, this mum has said that her little boy drinks pretty well, but lots of parents think their child drinks pretty well without really knowing, OK, how much should a child drink? What, and how should the drinks be spread out and what should the child drink so that's the next thing to focus on so when we think how much should a child drink that should be a minimum of six to eight cups of drink a day um, and the cup size should be you know a suitable size cup for a six-year-old child um, and we want those those drinks spread out evenly across the day so many children don't have much to drink before they go to school and then they don't actually drink that much during the school day. And then they come home and they're really thirsty and they drink, drink, drink. But actually, that's not a very healthy pattern for a bladder. The reason for that is because bladders are made of muscles. And like any muscles in the body, those, those muscles need to be exercised to keep them fit. So that bladder needs to be filled and emptied and filled and emptied throughout the day. So that means this little boy's got a drink and we and drink and we and start that drinking first thing in the morning and keep doing it all day so that's way the way the drinks are spread out is just as important as the actual total volume of the drinks then of course you have to think what should the drink be so what are healthy drinks so you know we all know water is best but we also know that lots of children don't drink enough if we just focus on water so what else is on the okay list? Milk is fine. Milk in moderation. We like, you know, plenty of water-based drinks, but a, a suit, you know, a suitable quantity of milk for the child's age is fine. And also the other things we'd say are okay are well-diluted fruit juice and well-diluted squash. Bladders don't like caffeine. 
so we don't want if the child is going to be um, drinking tea or coffee, then that should be decaffeinated tea or coffee. Um, if they're going to drink cola, we should be drinking decaffeinated. But also we should be thinking of saving those kind of drinks for for treats, for occasional drinks. So we can focus on the, the you know, the healthiest drinks. That's water is best. Um, milk in moderation, well diluted fruit juice and squash, no caffeine. There are some other drinks which might make a bladder misbehave. So if the bladder continues to misbehave, even, you know, when you've been focusing on that, that healthy drinking pattern, then we should think about the fact that some children's bladders are affected by blackcurrant, by orange, by carbonated drinks, by artificial colorings, flavoring, sweeteners. But we can look at that if the bladder continues to misbehave. But that's not our sort of first line thought. Our first line thought is water, bit of milk, well diluted fruit juice and squash, plenty of it, spread them out throughout the day. Okay, that's really helpful. Thank you. So plenty of sort of homework for that um, little boy and his, and his parents to, to look into. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. really worth doing that homework first. You know, sometimes as this mama said, you know, does, does he need a scan? Is there something else going on? Mm. Maybe there is, but we won't begin to look at that until we've done these first steps towards a healthy bladder. And they're actually four steps. So we've already talked about the first step being check out for any constipation. The second step, make sure there isn't a urinary tract infection. The third step, get the drinking right. And then there's a fourth step of the sort of basic stuff that we need to do first. And that's looking at the importance of relaxing while we're doing a wee. The, the, the two sets of muscles to do with bladders get their information on how to empty from, from the brain. But those messages going to and fro be, between the brain and the bladder are actually affected hugely by whether or not the child is relaxed. Messages can't get through properly unless the child is relaxed when they're trying to do a wee. So this little boy, six years old, may well be standing up to do his wees. You know, especially you go into the school toilets, there's the urinals, aren't there? But actually sitting down to do a wee is, is likely to be the best way for him to relax, to empty his bladder. And so we need to think about um, the suitability of the toilet whether he needs privacy or whether he actually needs to say, mum, stay with me while I do a wee. You know, children are all different, aren't they? He need, but he, whatever he needs to be able to relax. So think of it, we're going to um, uh, encourage him to sit down to do his wees. We're going to think about his position on the toilet. So um, feet um, flat and firmly supported with his knees raised up. So he's in a nice, comfortable position. At six, he may well have quite a small bottom and we don't want his bottom dangling down the toilet. So he may, he may need a children's toilet seat to make sure he's got a nice secure sitting position so he doesn't have to hold on tight to do his wheeze. Um, so we, we get him in a suitable environment. We sit him in a suitable way, get thinking about the posture. And then we want to make sure he's nice and relaxed. So it may be that he sits on the toilet and you let him have a toy um, because we want to make sure that as he wheezes, he's just relaxing because that's going to enable his bladder to empty properly. So those four steps have got to be, you know, have got to be looked into before we think anything else about should he need any more investigations? Because, you know, misbehaving bladders in young children like this are really common. And most of them we can sort out by focusing on those four steps, ruling out constipation, checking for a urinary tract infection, getting the drinking right and making sure we relax to we. OK, brilliant. Can I just it might be a little bit of a curveball, but I'm just thinking to sorts of calls that we get to our helpline and often the parent will mention the child's behaviour. So the mum in this email didn't say about it, but something along the lines of, oh, he just can't seem to be bothered to go or it's really he gets really engrossed in Lego or 
the iPad or something, how much of it can be a child's behaviour going on here? What would you say about that? Yeah, well, you have to think about how the bowel and the bladder affect the behaviour as well as how the behaviour affects what comes out. Um, So, um, you know, children who have got some constipation going on don't usually know when they need a poo because how we know we need a poo is because of the stretch of the rectum so if the rectum's always full you know that's the lowest part of the bowel if there's poo um, um, clogging up down there then that child is not going to get a reliable sensation of needing a poo so you know the the parent may um, read into that that they're not taking any notice of needing a poo they were so busy playing whereas actually it could be that because the child's got some constipation going on they're not getting any sensation at the moment of needing a poo and that will come back once the, the constipation is mm. treated another thing we can think about is if the um if the, if the child's having wetting accidents then it could be that again it could be the full bowel bumping into the bladder or it could be that the bladder's just misbehaving because the child hasn't had enough to drink and the concentrated wee is making the bladder squeeze when it shouldn't. And that child will get very, very little notice of needing a wee. So again, the parent may think, you know, they were so busy playing, they didn't notice they needed a wee. Whereas actually it could be, you know, that concentrated wee because they haven't had enough to drink is irritating that bladder, making it squeeze when it shouldn't. And suddenly out comes the wee and the child can't stop it. So I think, you know, yes, the behavior does influence the wheeze and the poos mm. but but I don't think we can even think about that until we've really focused on promoting that healthy bladder it all comes back to the healthy bladder so it really does yeah, yeah. brilliant yeah. okay well that's fantastic I think uh, what I'm thinking here is that we perhaps now need to do another podcast which is so you've done all those investigations but the bladder is still not behaving properly and then what do parents do I think that would be a really useful part two to do of this yeah so, yeah. Yeah. So, I think you're right. And, and I think it's really, really important that we that we direct parents to these f- um, four simple steps first, mm-hmm. because people get so worried about the sort of, you know, what if there's something, um, something going on, something really wrong mm. with my child's bladder. And, and, and actually, almost all childhood bladder problems are to do with constipation, urinary tract infection, mm. the drinking and the relaxed voiding. So that's why I, I just bang on about it all the time. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's really important to know that, isn't it? Because actually, all of this could potentially be resolved by doing these investigations and then just putting in place the relaxed toilet routine and the drinking and sorting out the constipation that child doesn't need any further investigation exactly I think it's quite important to say things once you start with drinking it's not going to improve straight away is it in fact that might you might find that the wetting accidents get a little bit worse for, uh, you're absolutely that, yeah. right yeah. yeah I mean when I'm explaining it to children and families I always remind them you know that bladder is made of muscles so you know you've got to exercise muscles to get them fit but if you haven't been drinking very well and the bladder's not really used to stretching up to accommodate much wee well if you suddenly start drinking lots the bladder muscles are not used to stretching up they just go whoa what's going on here <laughs> you know and it takes <laughs> a little while to just gradually stretch up that bladder and get it used to filling and empty and filling and emptying so it might take several weeks of Mm. really working on getting the drinking right before you you can see the bladder beginning to settle down Mm. and holding on to the wee better so yeah it it, it, there's 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 no magic wand we've got to work on this Mm, mm. brilliant thank you well that's really wise words to finish on thank you so much brendan i look forward to speaking to you again when we will address children when all of these things have been done and perhaps the, the bladder is still not behaving as it should so thank you very much That's great, Alina. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Eric Helpline podcast. For more information and support on children's bowel and bladder problems, visit our website at www.eric.org.uk and find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to our podcast on Anchor FM Spotify and get notifications when new episodes go live. Thanks again for listening and goodbye.